This is the BSN Denver Buffs Podcast. Powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. I think the roof just fell off the building, Chat. Now, you are your hosts, Ryan Konigsberg, Jake Shapiro, and Ali Monroy. Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast coming from the Blake Street Tavern here on the corner of 2nd and 22nd. There's 2-2, 22nd and Blake here in downtown Denver. It is our favorite place. It is our home, uh, the home where the BSN Buffaloes roam. Uh, yes. That was kind of good. Uh, Ali Monroy, Ryan Konigsberg, and me, Jake Shapiro, joining you today to talk about Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, everything there's a lot going on at the university uh from the well is it a scandal at this point thing going on with joe tumpkin and mike mcintyre rick george and uh the higher-ups here at cu uh we got hoop stuff to talk about we've got spring football which is just a week away from when we're recording which this wild that snuck up on us and then it's actually got called late winter football now <laughs> also got the nfl draft combine as well so a lot of topics to talk about but first, I got to remind you that we are here at the Blake Street Tavern, so come on and stop by. Tomorrow night, the Buffs are taking on Oregon State out there in Corvallis, so that's a good time to come by and stop and watch off the Buffaloes. We're recording this on Wednesday, February 15th. Uh, the Buffs Hoops team has certainly improved their play as of late, and when they're playing well, it is really fun to watch games here at the Blake Street Tavern. It's always fun to watch games here at the Blake Street Tavern. Because you either get a frustrated Tyler Ziskin or a really happy it's Tyler hilarious. Ziskin. It's hilarious. Tyler Ziskin is your source of entertainment, and if you get sick of watching him complain, then you can go play Papa Shot or darts or skee-ball. It's a great place overall. And if you want to catch L's continuously, then you should challenge me in Papa Shot, to which I've never lost. No, I haven't talked about this yet, but <laughs> I believe that I am to skee-ball what you are to Papa Shot. Really? pretty good at skee-ball it's a, it's a midwest thing you know like lawn bowling like skee-ball like it's What's in my lawn blood. bowling that's what bowling came from it came from lawn bowling people would bowl on their lawns really that's that, where bowling came from and yeah. like people still do that yeah in the midwest oh, so you wow. put actual bowling pins how, on your lawn that's how in into bowling people are in the midwest it's yeah, like they can't bowling. like even go to the alley which there are a million of them do you I bowl on grass on their lawn? Yeah, like, like you yeah, like okay. manicure your grass a little bit, and like it's not like the same bowling pins. They're more like uh, bocce. They're they're more kind of like bocce uh, not, balls. not bocce pins. Uh, no, no, it's not bocce balls, but they are more like bocce balls than bowling so balls. They aren't as heavy. Yeah, and it's uh, okay. they're like wooden. They're not like you know solid fiberglass or whatever. One time, me and my friends went to the thrift store and bought an old bowling ball, and then bought like other old things like old TVs, old computer screens and just went to his backyard where he had like a basketball court and was just bowling at like TV screens and stuff. It was so satisfying. Wow. Is that bowling ball the one you still use or is? No, but I have had that ball since sixth grade. And describe it for the listeners, please. Um, it is a black really bowling, bowling ball covered in flames. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, if you couldn't tell, I was pretty cool in sixth grade. And tell me how that uh, bowling ball is an inspiration for a sandwich you named after yourself at a local establishment. Well, that actually has no – there's no correlation there between the correlation two. There is a correlation between the two. <laughs> but some legend has it at oh Moe's Bagels. God. If you ask for the flame in RK, you'll get a jalapeno bagel with jalapeno cream cheese. I've gone out with you Sunday mornings after a couple of nights of uh, – watching games here at the Blake Street Tavern and you've asked for the flaming RK and every time they go what and you're like oh you're just the, the jalapeno <laughs> he gets embarrassed and is really quickly just <laughs> never mind you back off real quick uh but speaking of uh backing off real quick 
Colorado backed off really quick from giving Mike McIntyre this extension, uh, or at least putting that on the table on here. On hold, yeah. Uh, it is on hold, just like the new single that was released by the XX, on hold. <laughs> uh, I've been listening to 1%, maybe 1% of our listeners know what you're talking about. Goose is, like, in his, just in his car, like, just giving me a rounding, like, standing ovation. Like, he got up in his car. He's, hon he's honking he's in honking. his car. <laughs> <laughs> on his way to work, and he's like, that's the best thing I've heard all week. Uh... But, yeah, this is a situation that definitely has rolled a little bit downhill for CU. Uh, we've been pretty adamant about our opinions on the situation, but – and we've – I think me and Ryan do. I haven't talked to Ali as much about this, but me and Ryan agree that CU did a really good job of handling this internally when uh, when it was going on. There were a few missteps, yeah, for sure. Definitely. But where we're at now is basically a PR nightmare because every single day – it seems one more story or one more piece of information kind of leaks out. Even if it's not new, it's presented as new, and it makes it look like there's a scandal, and it makes it look like this is... Uh, ongoing. Right, ongoing. Mm -hmm. It makes it look like there, it, it's a lack of institutional control, whereas it's pretty much in the past, if not it is in the past, and it was handled pretty much all the way. It just went up the ladder, which is how it's supposed to happen. So we're at a really interesting point in this. It is interesting because I keep feeling like it's – I don't want to call it dead because that's kind of discrediting the story, but it, it feels like, you know, it feels like it should have ended when Joe Tumpkin was fired or asked to resign. It feels like it should have ended, you know, just shortly after that. And um, for better or for worse, whether you like it or not, the Daily Camera has continually found ways to keep this story going, to uncover something here and there. And while that's a credit to them for continuing to do reporting, and you might have an opinion on how good that reporting is or is, if it's necessary or not, but they have continued to find more and more to be able to report on in this. And that's where you just think maybe CU could have done a better job of just getting it all out of their system in a way, making sure that all of the information was out because it, it as it, information continues to trickle out slowly it almost looks like oh they're hiding this or oh this or that you know if when chancellor de stefano came out with that statement maybe then or another time in a press release they would have said look we want to make sure we d we get everything right here so we're gonna table mike mcintyre's the contract extension for now just to make sure that there was no wrongdoing we don't believe there was but we're gonna take a deeper look at it because we feel like we need to do our due diligence then that was never a story. You know, maybe it makes a little bit of a headline that day, Mike McIntyre's contract extension being tabled, but it ends up looking good on the university mm -hmm. instead of somehow coming out as a bad story. Because really, I think it's a positive thing that CU is making sure they do an investigation into this. Now, do I think it's kind of just um, going through the motions? Yeah, in my opinion, it is. It's, it's making it look like you're caring about something because I think – they already know their feelings on this, and I think they believe Mike McIntyre was in the right. But it does look like they're going deeper into this, and that really should be presented in a positive light in the media. But somehow, since it came from another source, it's coming out in a negative light yeah. on Mike McIntyre. And so I think this there's been a problem with the handling. I'll bounce what kind of what we're saying right now with President Trump's presidency thus far, and I'm not trying to get political here. here. <laughs> what I'm saying is. Yeah. He has handled things so quickly, so fastly, uh, that you, it's, it's a hard, no matter whether you're uh, opposed to him or for him, it's, it's very hard to keep up with what's going on. If the worst thing in the world happens, it feels like three worst things in the world happens. If three great things happen, it's hard to figure out which one happened because these things and these news, this news cycle is happening so fast. And Can you even remember what the headline was that was bad about Donald Trump yesterday? No. And, and that's my point. If you release all of this information right off the top, like you were saying, where you give all of your statements right off in the exactly. first release. Exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. Right. And, and you say, McIntyre, we're just going to put everything on hold. It's too much to decipher to be like to pick away at the news at it for a week. Whereas if they release it trickling out and trickling out every single day, it's a headline. I think at least the statements like the Chancellor's statement, Rick George's statement and McIntyre's statement should have all been together. Shouldn't have been 
um, the chancellor's statement and then another statement by the chancellor and then Rick George and then Ma Mike McIntyre. It makes it seem like Mike McIntyre felt the need at the end of everything, like things were still being said about him, that at the end of it all he had to make a statement. I think it should have just been they all said what they had to say about the issue, what they thought right off the bat, and then I agree, this is just being drawn out in a way that is a PR nightmare for CU. It certainly is, and I agree with what you said there, and I hadn't really thought of it that way. It did feel like McIntyre was like, oh, wait, like, don't let my reputation be ruined by this. Exactly. Like, here's how I feel about things. And it, to me at that point, I had already start, started to feel like the whole thing was going down the drain, and then it kind of ramps back up again because Mike, Mike McIntyre commented on it. And I realized some people were saying, like, Mike McIntyre needs to comment on it because it's looking bad on him, and maybe he did. But the timing, like Ali said, has been really bad because it just continues to stay alive because well, think, of these things. I think it just goes exactly with how things went. Um, McIntyre heard about what happened, reported it to Rick George, and then to the chancellor. And now it was the chancellor's statement, the chancellor's statement. Then they realized they still needed to, Rick George still needed to make a comment. So it went up the ladder and right back down the ladder. And, and that's not Mike McIntyre's fault. Exactly. So when I get a question from someone that I really respect the opinion of and I trust today, uh, texted me this morning, goes, do you think Mike McIntyre will lose his job? I have to seriously consider it because it's someone I respect, someone I trust. But that's the exact reason why I say, no, Mike McIntyre won't lose his job because what you're supposed to do is if you're in a situation at work is you report it to your boss and your boss takes care of it. Mike McIntyre's boss is Rick George. Within 24 hours of him hearing about this situation, as a known fact from my reporting, everything that I've been told, Mike McIntyre had told Rick George. And Rick George, within the next 48 hours, told his boss. I, I don't see what the issue is here. Um, I mean, I, I know there's a lot more going on than that, yeah. but I think that falls more on DeStefano. Yeah, that's because... Mike McIntyre's a football coach. He's not a therapist. He's not an expert on inter-university affairs. That's supposed to be DeStefano's job. Well, this was instantly turned into a university matter, not a football or athletics matter, which is where people need to see that, that McIntyre did what he had to do, and it turned into a university matter on how the university needs to get better at handling issues that e they might not include um, the victim being on campus or affiliated with the school, it immediately turned into a university matter. That's why Chancellor, the chancellor had such like had to report two things and say statements about different things twice. Yeah, and it's tough for Mike McIntyre because it's a lose lose for him. And I think we talked about this a little earlier or on the last pod podcast that we talked about this, but he was put in a bad position because. If he doesn't go directly to his superiors and follow their orders, he's gonna be in trouble with his job. Well, if he, if he does, like if he does, then he's in trouble with the court of public opinion, who says, "Oh, Mike McIntyre, you know, shunned the victim and put, you know, wasn't there for her." And so it was a, it was a lose lose for him, and I think there was really no good way to get out of this. Yeah. And I mean, really, it does come back to him though, because that's a guy that was on his staff. And that was a guy that's hired by Mike McIntyre. So you always hope for these things not to happen. But because something like this happened on your watch by someone you hired, it reflects poorly on you. The same, re you know, same thing if, if Jake goes out and does something to stay in the re reputation of BSN Denver, it looks bad on me because I brought him here. So in the end, it does come back to Mike McIntyre in one yes. way or another. And that's why he kind of has to own the fact that this was a lose-lose situation for him. But it is unfortunate. Ryan, you talk about a lose-lose, but you know what's always a win-win? Watching games at whatever place you're about to advertise for. The Colorado Keg House over there right on 36 and Wadsworth uh, outside of Broomfield. It, that's what the last segment is brought to you by. It's right next to the First Bank Center with 75 Colorado craft beers on tap. They're the home for Colorado craft beer. From wheat beers to nitrous to IPAs to ales, nobody does craft beer like the Colorado Keg House. You can sit at their huge bar, their table, or their lounge area, but no matter where you sit, you'll sit in front of a TV with sports on. So next time you're looking for something to do, go down to the Colorado Keg House off Wadsworth and 36 in Broomfield. Yeah. My brother even knows about the Colorado Keg House. He knows that's the place to be if you were ever to be in Colorado. It's 
It's it's solid. <laughs> they give us money. We like it. <laughs> That's it's a good place. But it yeah, it, it place. actually is a good place. And as someone who has been uh, uh, has fancied bear beer beer, I can't say beers, right? You know that. As bears. He says bears. I say bears when I say beer. The what first do you time. mean? How do you say like the Chicago? Like, the Chicago Bears. How do you say what I'm drinking right now? A bear. See, like I c- if you say bear, if I say my favorite football team, and then I talk, try to talk about what I am drinking, I right. can't say it. What's this? An ear. <laughs> What's this? An ear. Okay, now put a B before that. Beer. There you go. Hey. Chicago Bears, Colorado Beers. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there you boom. Go. We nailed it. <laughs> um, for being an announcer, I'm certainly terrible with pronunciations. <laughs> Any- I can't say anyone's <laughs> name correctly, so. But, uh, hey, you know, I nailed uh, – Washington's got a guy in their team that uh, that has a very hard name, Thibault, and I was nailing that all night. But speaking of nailing in that Washington game, uh, Mr. Dime nailed two Colorado students with his – well, the open palm of his – Right, his, so his five. Hand. He hit him with five hands times two. What's that? A dime. There you go. You know what the best one I saw was? On the Deadspin. Uh, Deadspin always has the best comments. It was great because it was on the story I wrote. So, like, I was like, oh, like, what would have been the headlines had I chosen to just go bat shit? Right. Uh, so, like, the headline, someone's like, Denver Post headline, dime bags two for the price of one. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's good. That's that really good. good. That was my favorite one that I saw in all of the stuff. But uh, Colorado topped Washington and Washington State. Uh, they lost to Cal right the night, uh, the night after we did the podcast last, and uh, Colorado was without Xavier Johnson and Wesley Gordon for the Cal and Washington games. They were suspended due to a violation of team rules, and it was, well, Colorado's won five of their last six games, and the only game they've lost in between there was without those two, and I had talked to a player the night of the Cal game after they lost, and he said it sucks because we had really got things rolling, and you look at it right now, and they really are still rolling. But that loss is kind of scarring a little bit. It's going to haunt them, I think. And it'll be funny if they're able to win tomorrow night or tonight, if you're listening to the podcast now. <laughs> we'll have been right because both of us felt there was a chance they could get back to 7-7 seven and seven if they won that Cal game. And if they, had, if they had those two players, there's a really good chance they could have won that game. So you s- we saw this kind of come to fruition, and it's unfortunate that I know you made the prediction uh, on Twitter. Probably could have been right if it wasn't for those guys really making a boneheaded mistake for two fifth-year seniors. I um, agree. And I think that's why you saw – I think that's why you saw the punishment so severe. Look, if this is Bryce Peters doing what they did – it's probably not as severe as a punishment, but Tad Boyle is so sick of these fifth-year seniors not acting like fifth-year seniors that he blew up on them. Yeah, I sometimes agree. he just has to step up and be Dad Boyle. Yeah, he's, a, he's kind of always Dad Boyle. Especially when he's Mad Boyle. Sometimes Defin- he boils over. Definitely, especially because of, um, these fifth-year seniors weren't bringing much leadership at the beginning of the season. And to do this, it was just kind of – Water over the bridge? Is that the right expression for that? No, not at all. <laughs> Wait, maybe. Oh, I don't know. I was trying to <laughs> it it put more bricks on the facade. No, what's the expression I was trying to say? Like, maybe th- I've never heard the expression. Uh, I know water under the bridge is like uh, water. Like, how could you have water <laughs> over a bridge? Well, maybe that's what she means. Like, it's flooding over. <laughs> Like, like the, the dam broke and it's yeah. like the last straw. The it was broke. the last straw. Oh my god! So it's been work. a long day. The water over the bridge over. I like that. I think oh that's god. a real expression <laughs> that should continue. <laughs> I, I meant the last so straw. Water. It was Tad Boyle's last straw. But you're right, and I don't know. You said the earlier in the season. I don't know if they've brought leadership at all this season. And Wes, Al- wait, real quick. Ali had never heard the expression. Who would have thunk it? I've never heard that. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. Have you heard it? I was just pretending like I didn't hear of it, just so she would say that. But you know, I, of course, I've heard that. I've never heard that. It yeah, it's just, so like, weird it's just to like me. a funny, like who something crazy happened. Ah, who I saw, it? I, I saw that, and I was like, why would he it's, say? It's mind bottling. It puts your mind in a bottle. I feel like expressions aren't your strong suit. 
Is it because of like, and we've talked about this before, I think, on this podcast, but because um, your parents you're, are from not here. Yes. Um, Allie's we're from, from Ecuador. Ecuador. Right. But our friend Bryce has the same problem. Bryce's mom has the same problem. No, and Bryce, because so his mom has the same problem, also has the same problem. Like the expressions are just, none of them make well, any I sense. Well, I guess so, because my parents never said expressions like that. I mean, it's not that my parents were only speaking in Spanish to me. I was speaking in English with them all the time when I was little. But they just didn't know these weird expressions that you guys have that I just like never really learned them from a young age and like overhear them and I know them. But I think me and you are onto a thesis. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, we are, we have tons of weird phrases. You really do. Like, I mean, and there's weird phrases in Spanish too that I mess up. Maybe it's just ex- like phrases that I'm not good at, but. I don't know. I think it just has something to do with when you learn a language, you take everything so literally. That when it's your second language, like it's just not th- like you just don't think of it that way because expressions mean something totally different than what it means literally. Like I couldn't tell you one expression in Spanish, even though I spent five years learning. What's that? It. Ex- the back, the horse. What was oh that? yeah, another one. Ali didn't know. I said like, ah, oh, it's just water off a duck's back. Like what? Why are they all have to do with water? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's why my brain was like water over a bridge. Um, I don't know. I've never heard that. That's the annoying so thing weird. was I was talking about this with Allie and then she was like, I've never heard that. I was like, literally every other person has heard that phrase. And I like pulled just a random person. I was like, okay, there's an expression. It means like you're letting something go or like, it's just in the past. Like it's water off of, and he's like, the horse is back. And I was just like, <laughs> and no, I was like, exactly. I'm not the only one. Honestly, I hadn't heard the duck's back one either. You've never Thank heard water you. off a duck. It makes no. sense to you, right? Because like they have the feathers. So it just beads off of it. Yeah. Cause and you're just crushing water off. birds. It's water off a duck's back. Speaking of birds, big news this week oh, as yeah. I took a great bird pick. <laughs> and this could be the peak of my birdness. But what people don't know <laughs> is I saw that bird and took the eagle picture exactly one year after birds became a part of my brand. Guys, I remember this is the all day he's been talking about. Birds became a part of your brand. Um, and we're going we're gonna to transition into the birds the buffs are playing this week, the ducks. But I got to tell this story, Ooh. too. That was a great transition. I should have waited. Water uh, off cool. of beaver's back. <laughs> that sounds so bad. <laughs> Go <laughs> Anyways, on. Uh, the night – so the day you had, like – we're like, birds are, like, my thing now, okay? So, like, we were doing the podcast that day. And you had picked me up from my apartment, and we were driving to your parents, and – there was fog and this was a day there was like a major fog thing and we had a periscope of you driving in the fog and you were like you were like trying to like do your bear grills imitation while driving through fog were you freaking out it was so cool because i was like the day fog had previously been a part of my brand and then birds became a part of my brand and jake had tweeted at me something earlier in the day like i can't wait until the day like a bird flies through some fog and like you lose your mind and that night we saw it was like mad foggy in Boulder, and I got really excited. Wow. It's the little things in life, folks. Birds and fog. You have Why to find. Why fog, though? Because it's so mysterious. It's creepy. I, I have a theory yeah. on this. So, people that grow up in places like, Colo- like Boulder, Colorado, where there's never rain, mm-hmm. like, love rain, okay? Well, it rains every day in the summer. Okay, but well, there isn't, like, thunderstorms and stuff. Like, there isn't many. Right. So there's when you th- grow up. Every <laughs> single day in the summer at 4 o'clock, it rains in Boulder and thunders. So, like, I didn't every day them. in Chicago, there's fog and wind. I hate fog and wind. Well, everyone hates wind. Well, wind is the worst. Yeah. But, like, the phenomena, like, the sun, you would never see in Chicago. Like, you're like, oh, that's amazing. Like, I need to have this every day. So, like, you end up liking the weather phenomena that, like, no. you didn't grow up. I don't think so. I don't know. I, I think I didn't grow true. up in fog. Well, I didn't grow up in fog. But I was in, um, I went to visit Ecuador, and I was in a volcano, and fog came around and literally completely covered it all. That was terrifying. The day that I became obsessed with fog was because it was, like, dusk. Yes, dusk. I always get <laughs> dusk and dawn mixed up. <laughs> It was dusk, and a perfect layer of fog covered all of Boulder, so you couldn't see any of the city lights. So literally, if my house sits on a hill, it was just my house and the Flatirons, and then, like, <laughs> fog. And it was so cool. It looks like I, like, lived the in, like, a galaxy above guys. the clouds. 
Do you guys, really do the excited. listeners hate Ryan? Because it sounds like he's like such a first class citizen. Like he's yeah, right. above everyone else. Like there's a, f there's a dense cloud in layer district, separating well, we were him. We in District 1. And like <laughs> well, if you're still listening to this podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> wow. Uh, Colorado played their best basketball game of the season the other night against Washington State. Absolutely pounded the Cougars. 81 to 49, an absolute uh, great overall <laughs> effort. Uh, their threes were wet. Uh, their rebounding effort was monstrous. Uh, just basically everything that could go right for the Buffaloes, uh, taking on the Cougars, just went the Buffs way. Everything was going in. Yeah. It was great. It, it was honestly, <laughs> uh, it was kind of fun to watch from our perspective because you just finally saw this team that had been fighting and scratching and clawing to kind of get back into things. Oh my God. By, I love you. What? <laughs> you just got it? I know. I understood it the whole time. I was trying to just not <laughs> play into it. But Jake's over here like dying laughing every well, word. Well, I that keep Ryan thinking says. about the, my re on Sports Mag on Friday. Like, just did you, you saw this, just straight yeah. face. God. I got tossed back into it. Uh, our friend Jordan can, pitched can me in. Please just come back to the rails <laughs> after this. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jordan. The Cougars will be on campus Sunday. Just straight face and like. No, it was if you like Cougars, they'll oh be yeah, on campus yeah. Sunday. And the kid in the studio, uh, the kid, like the kid manning camera too, just fell over laughing. Yeah, That's no, great. I understood it from but the beginning. Anyways, really, in all reality, all puns aside, the Buffs finally had things going their way, and you, it just looked like a relief for them. It did. They looked comfortable out on the court and relaxed, but not relaxed in. A bad way. But Derek, Derek White the last two games has been phenomenal. Uh, no one's – and this is a story I don't think people are talking about, but there were a stretch there between January where he'd have a few games where he'd look dominant and then he would take a night off. And the last five games, he has not had a scoring performance under 16 points, and he has not had a game where he shot less than – 50% from the field, except for the Cal game when he was 8 for 18 and the Buffs were missing two of their best players. Um, he has been phenomenal. Uh, the last game against Washington State, 9 for 11 from the field, 3 of 4 from the free throw or from the three-point line, and then 2 of 3 from the free throw stripe. He is giving the Buffs uh, efficiency that is just almost unheard of in college basketball, and that's why they're able to go and put up 81 on a team like Washington State, which is a Pac-12 team. Certainly, and... <laughs> I think it's underrated and under-covered, or whatever you want to call it, the fact that Derek White, I would argue he's been better than we said he was going to be. And we sat here on this podcast and hyped Derek White, especially me. I hyped him every chance I could get about how good he was and how good he was going to be. And I swear he's been better he than I even so said. He has been so great. And, and, well, what did Will say at the start of the year? He said, I'd expect White to be a guy that gets you 12 points, maybe, you know, four boards a game and uh, about five assists. Well, he's averaging 17, four rebounds, four and a half assists, a, bl a block and a half a game and a block and a, a steal and a half a game. Uh, the only number that didn't meet Will's expectation is assists. And he's been playing off the ball more and more as Dominique Collier's become healthier. So it's crazy. I mean, he's been amazing and it's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that He's really not in the player of the year discussion in the Pac-12 because of the buffs and their struggles. Now, maybe they you know win things out and he gets back into the thing, but he's been fantastic, and it's nice to see this team finally finding their groove. You wonder if this maybe had been one of those seasons where they could go overseas, and if they did that and had some games to mesh early, and maybe they would have gotten to they would have gotten this team together sooner. For whatever reason, it just didn't click. Whether you want to blame it on leadership or whatever. It's nice to see this team finally at least hitting a point where where we don't feel like we were idiots for thinking they were going to be good. Also fun to watch. Definitely. We're getting to a point where it's enjoyable to watch a CU basketball game, which wasn't happening a few weeks ago. Yeah, I, the Washington game, I was really excited to see Markel Fultz play. He obviously didn't play, but then I was pretty pleased by just the game in general. Uh, how about these two guys, Dominique Collier and Tori Miller? Uh, two guys that have been under the radar, both juniors that have been terrific. I talked to Tad Boyle a little bit about them today, got an exclusive with Tad Boyle. I'm going to throw that audio in right now. Coach, you've talked about how the team has had pretty good practices all year along. So what's been the difference the last few games? Because it seems like, you know, the attitude, there's more urgency. It seems like you guys have really turned it around on the court while you're actually playing. 
I think it's just our players uh, have a sense of urgency now. Um, if I knew why, I would have done it the first seven games. And, and, and uh, so it's nothing I'm doing or saying. Or uh, it's it's uh, it's the players uh, taking it upon themselves to play with that effort and that energy and that sense of urgency that we've shown. And, and uh, so I don't I don't really have an answer for you. You know, you talk about the players. Have you noticed the freshmen, specifically, you know, the three, Bryce, Delian, and Lucas, start to step up in terms of leadership a little bit as well? Not in the leadership, no. But they've, they've certainly grown. They've matured. They feel a lot more comfortable on the floor now. They're a lot more confident than they were, you know, a month ago. Um, but as far as leadership with those guys, it's more, it's more just confidence. Uh, Coach, uh, Tory Miller has been a guy that has, I think, improved as the season's mm-hmm. gone along. Yep. How, what have you seen from his game that has been of tier liking? Well, number one, he's a very good low post score. He's, he gives us a low post presence down there. When he catches it, I think his teammates feel good about uh, what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, as you look at his field goal percentage, I mean, his efficiency, especially in the Pac-12, um, has been very, very good. I mean, he's had a lot of four for five games, four for six games from the field. So um, I think he gives us a low post presence offensively. Um, not to the point that maybe Josh did where he's demanding double teams, but certainly where he can do some good things for us when he catches it down there low because he's big, he's strong, he's explosive, and he's finishing. And the other guy that's made it quietly improved throughout this course of the se- uh, season is another junior, Dominique Collier. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people are talking about how he's improved. Yeah, Dom's been really solid for us, kind of the uns- unsung hero, if you will, because he has uh, he's been doing all the little things. And, you know, one of the things when we recruited Dom, you know, I always said I liked about him is I liked his floor game, if you will. And that means, you know, it's, it's really the intangibles that he brings, his ability to knock down shots and stretch the defense. You have to guard him out there because he's a good three-point shooter. He can make plays, so it allows Derek to get off the ball and, and he can get other guys' shots. And he's, uh, he's a much improved defender, I think, over the last month. So Dom's done a lot, a lot of nice things for us. And it's really been uh, helpful because, you know, uh, you know, you play Dom and Derek together, you bring Bryce in, you can play Bryce and Dom together, you can play Bryce and Derek together. It kind of gives us that... Um, you know, ability to substitute and not take a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of things away from our team. Thanks to Tad for taking a second to talk to me a little bit earlier today. I know they were in a rush to get off to Oregon, uh, and he took a couple minutes out to talk to me on his way down to the bus there at the Coors Event Center uh, before they caught their flight at DIA. And that interview was brought to you by Colorado Safe Outlet, which has the largest selections of safes in Colorado. Don't waste your time at big box retailers looking at safes that don't suit your needs. Instead, come to Colorado Safe Outlet where an expert will set you up with exactly what you need. No more, no less. Once you pick the perfect safe, they will deliver to your home fast and easy. Check them out online at coloradosafeoutlet.com or visit them at one of their two locations in Centennial or Stapleton. We talked about it at, off the top. Uh, spring football a week from today starts February 22nd. Anyone? Bueller? Anyone knew that? No. It's crazy how early that is. That's not spring football. No one has ever associated spring with the month well, of February. Well, with the weather from the last week where it was 75 degrees, it did feel like spring. Well, I'll give you that. I texted one of the other beat writers today, and I'm like, when is football back again? Question mark. Because I was just like, there's no way it could be next week. And, and they go back and they're like, a week from today. That, no. I feel like we just finished I just, My response was no. It does not. I think, uh, did they do this last year too? Well, last year they Because did. I literally remember I, I had just finished Super Bowl coverage and like took a week off and then they started spring football. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Right, they did it a little bit earlier last year, but not... Earlier? Well, they did it, what I'm saying, earlier than the year before. Yeah. But it was around the same exact time last year, uh, but that was because... What was it? That, that, they were early for a reason last year, but I can't remember what it was. It was because of injuries or something? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. but it's weird to me now because there's no reason for it to be so early, and maybe I'm just grouchy because it ruins my content plans for the next month because the later spring football is the later I can just get athletes right, really easier. April, May, June, July with nothing going on. Right, exactly. <laughs> now I have to waste my February and March on splitting Which time the between the podcast is going to be amazing during those times. <laughs> it's our, if, if you listen to the podcast imagine. right now and you're already at this point, 
Just imagine God. us with like half the topics that we had today. Um, but well, we can you'll call get to Will. know a little there's, bit more of us. There's something about <laughs> the warm weather that brings out good podcasting. <laughs> Just hot weather, hot takes. Yep, I think that that's, is. That's what it is. We never did an, uh, a podcast out on the 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 out on the patio last year we said we kept well we said we were going to do it and we just never did we got to do that we should i think it sounds great blake street tavern has a patio just that's what i was talking about there's a fire burning out there right now just like there's a fire burning in here it's lit it's lit oh fam it's lit uh but seriously spring football for the buffaloes uh interesting timing on this spring game is going to be march 18th which uh, is before spring solstice just <laughs> Just a, a note there. <laughs> that means none of spring football will take place in the spring. The other thing about it being on March 18th is that the basketball team could easily be playing later than the football team. Like, easily. If they win two games in whatever postseason tournament they're in, they're probably going to be playing later than the football team. So that's insane. That's wild. Uh, the NFL draft combine. Sorry, I believe it's spring equinox. I didn't mean to use the wrong term there. Yeah, solstice oh, is winter and job. summer, dummy. I don't know the difference. Well, equinox is when the Earth is 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 flat to the sun. the The axis is flat. The solstice is when it's at its furthest point. The sol is po- uh, pointed closest to the sun, so that's why it's solstice. And then, if that makes sense, that's bad. Well, weather. Uh, anyways, I was correct weather. about the timing weather? of it. No, not weather. <laughs> not weather. Uh, the equinox <laughs> will take place on March twentieth. So I was correct about the timing. of Fun equinox fact, if you put an egg on a table on the equinox, it'll stand up straight. But That's only true. That equinox. happens in Ecuador. Yep. That happens in Ecuador in the middle of the world. Um, or like in the is equator. Is Ecuador directly yes. attached to equator? Yes. Yeah. So it's the equator. You can go I stand on the different hemispheres. And uh, it's awesome. And then they like have places where you could try and put the egg on a nail. It's really cool. So what's the furthest point south you've been, Allie? Ecuador. Like, just so you've been in the southern hemisphere in Ecuador. Yes. Your furthest su- su- south point you've I been. have no idea. You have no idea. Like, like you can't even Mexico? make Mexico. Okay, then yeah. There you go. Yeah, I think uh, mine's Key West, Florida. Okay. Furthest away. Yeah, I uh, furthest north point is Toronto. So I'm really just well. Furthest I guess north point, north point is Boston. I guess Minnesota is more north than Toronto. Boston. Yeah. Worcester. Boston. Worcester. Boston. Did you go to Worcester? No. Why do they pronounce things? Okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna <laughs> keep it on the rails for one second. What are some of the things you think the Buffs need to address in spring football? They have a lot of early enrollees on campus. It seems like they've basically got their full roster uh, of guys that might impact the team heading into next year. Already up here, uh, maybe with the exception of Katie Nixon. I want to see defense. I want to see the quarterback position. Um, I agree. I think Steven Montez is, at least in most people's mind the starter, but Jake, you specifically have been talking about a lot of internal hype um, towards what's his, what's the kid's name? <laughs> Sam, he's my boy, Neuer. Yes, Neuer. My boy. He really slipped my mind there. Um, well, a lot of internal hype around the kid, <laughs> especially regarding his accuracy. So that could be a game changer in terms of this competition this this summer a lot of hype right now about steven montez's weight in the strides he's making athletically uh he has really grown into the cepho body build if you look at a couple of the pictures that have surfaced of steven montez in spring workouts which happen in the winter also uh (laughs) he looks really really strong and really really big uh definitely has gained back any weight he's lost during the last season and he's gone above that and I think he looks probably about 20 pounds heavier than what he was playing at last year and uh, that's a good thing uh, with the way the Buffs use their quarterbacks I assume it's going to be very similar because Montez can play a similar style to Cepho but what I will say about Steven Montez is this is going to be the second straight year where he's the starting quarterback in spring football yep yeah I mean I think a lot of folks remember Cepho was injured Davis Webb was wasn't there yet well no he was there he was in team meetings. He came only for a week. Right. But so this is this is a, something that Steven Montez isn't foreign to, and I think that is a huge, 
huge positive for him and for the Buffs. I agree. I think that's huge. Just he has past experience. He knows how this goes, and it makes him a stronger candidate for McIntyre to see him as the leader for this QB competition. You mentioned defense, Al, and that's probably my biggest thing is that I need to see is there is still a lot of uh, doubt, questions, controversy. Controversy. Even. even today we heard that one of the defensive players wants uh, to no longer be on the team. Uh, <coughs> I mean, I'm not going to say who it is because we're not sure yet, but what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot going on with that defense. There's a lot of moving parts, and some of the staples of that defense obviously gone, and there's a new defensive coordinator. There is very little certainty on that defense, and one of the maybe only pieces of certainty is Isaiah Oliver, and he's on the track team during the spring. He's doing damn good, too. Yeah, he is. He's doing really well. He came in second place to Andrew Gazzoni in the event there at the Colorado Open and the Heptapathon. Look at you. Heptapathon? Yeah, it's Heptathlon. the Heptathlon. Yeah. There it is. That was close. <laughs> it's not like a marathon and also a heptath heptathlon. <laughs> it's a seven it's seven times the length of a marathon. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> it's also known as suicide. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're gonna be missing pieces on that defense. And they have a lot, a lot, a lot of holes to fill. To me, I honestly, I think the biggest one is going to be Josh Tupo. Uh, literally. The biggest <laughs> literally. <hole. laughs> he has to fill two holes, not just one. You're filling two holes. And Josh Tupo, two holes Tupo, it was a huge piece to that defense. And without him, and they're going to have big shoes to fill, <laughs> literally. Oh, <laughs> <Because> my God. <laughs> uh, he took up so much space on that line and really kept everything in check. <laughs> we got to stop joshing around and get to some serious stuff. Oh my God. But that's the, the biggest thing that I'll be paying attention to is how can they, <laughs> how can they replace him on that defense? Defense is definitely key. I just want to see the way DJ Elliott coaches. Obviously you won't be able to really see that. <laughs> see that until they play and then in two seasons from now but that's what I'm most excited about um, in spring football and during the spring game. Uh, so I was walking out of my uh, history class on my way across campus the other day and I turn around uh, and I'm by the UMC like by the free speech area is what they're calling it now where the fountains are. Turn around take a few steps and like I have my headphones and my sunglasses on and I'm like just to see what's going on then, like, I step back the other way to, like, go to where I was supposed to go. While I was turning around to step back the other way, I got hit. Got hit hard. Uh, Chris Malumbo was walking by me. Mm. Uh, and uh, he, he had no vision for anyone under 5'5". Five five. Uh, he was walking straight. <laughs> you can't expect a man to hurt his neck. I was walking, I was walking sideways. Uh, he was very nice about it, but... Uh, I ran into a moving brick wall. <laughs> Damn. And he didn't even know did how to play hurt? football yet. Yeah, it hurt a little bit. Was it like an elephant and a mouse? Like, did he get really scared afterwards? He, he was, he, I think he was more worried for me. Like, I was like, like, you know me, like, I turned around and like, if it was like not Chris Malumbo, like, I was ready to go. And I was like, like, like who, like who you think you're running into, you know? Like, I was on ESPN this week. Like, come at me, come at me. But like, Dude, I was like, oh, up wait, no, it's Chris Malumbo. I'm going to. I'm gonna, gonna sit back down. I'm gonna be like, hey buddy, like maybe you, you can I give mean, me an exclusive interview now. To be honest, I don't think <laughs> there's just like people that are that big walking around campus that aren't on the football team. Well, I didn't. I just anyone that would have hit me would have been bigger <laughs> than me. So it's like true. I didn't like it could have been you and I could have fallen. If it was you, if it was someone your size, I would have been like, like let's go, buddy. <laughs> but like it was above my like weight class, like all oh, way above my weight class to the point where it's just like. Uh, yeah, buddy, like, I'm good. He, like, didn't even notice. It would have been better if he just didn't even notice that it happened and just kept just walking. Just kept walking. Right, that reminds nice. me of the time I got hit by a biker on campus, and Ow. the biker flipped over and then just got back on his bike and kept going, and I slammed my head into the concrete and got a concussion. It was lovely. Basically, every always have to be looking on campus. Every every one of Allie's stories ends with her getting a concussion, that is not which true. is remarkable because she remembers the stories. <laughs> wow, that's true. 
That is remarkable. Not true. I've only had five concussions, guys. <laughs> Calm down. Exactly. That's why you only have maybe five stories now because maybe you have the so many expressions part of your brain got like knocked <laughs> out. Maybe. I think that might be it. The expressions portion of her brain. Uh, Dante Wigley is another guy I've seen on campus. He looks like an athlete and a half. A big fan of him. But speaking of athletes and a half, we're going to get to see the true athletic nature of CU's former athletes because they will be basically wearing underwear running uh, 40 yards at a time uh, for their measurements. Oh, here we go. I <laughs> took me a while to catch on to what exactly. the Exactly. I was just <laughs> looking at Jake like he was crazy. Like, wait, what? Well, yeah, it is crazy that just guys are running in their an underwear, and that's how they decide whether or not they're worthy of playing football. Like, if you, like, try to explain sports things in, like, actual terms, like the whole costume strong boys thing on Twitter, like, yeah, it's a joke, but, like, why are sanctions of, like, fans fighting over which costume strong boys that they root for? It's true. It, like, none of, if you boil sports down to, like, the most generalistic terms, none of it makes any sense whatsoever. Yes, but. But they're awesome. No, so. I mean, it's just good to watch guys run around in underwear, <laughs> you know? I want to note that the two male on this podcast were the ones who said that, not the female, which is what girls are typically known for. Well, it's because it's uncomfortable. <laughs> they, uh, they're, very, uh, they're very tight in places that I don't need them to be tight. I just, I just want to see how fast they are. I don't need Ryan's to see anything more than that. Like, yeah. Well, who was it last year that had his pants fall down and like just it flopped out? Who? What? I don't know. During the combine last year, some guy was running a 40. He, like, took a misstep. He falls down, and it was out. Oh, wow. He was a real flop later in the draft. <laughs> <laughs> he was too soft, they said. <laughs> he hasn't balled as hard as people thought he would. Oh, God. <laughs> the, the whole situation was pretty nutty. Yes. Someone save me. Please. Right back in his, Please back save in his college me. town, they erected a statue of him. It was surprising because that trip he took was pretty hairy. <laughs> Save and now me. It's dead. Yes, it's dead. <laughs> but uh, the guys going to the NFL Draft Combine, Ryan, uh, you reported Sefalufa was going to be there. Uh, Tedrick Thompson, Akala Witherspoon, and Cheeto Awuzie will be joining them. Awuzie. It doesn't matter anymore. Awuzie. Awuzie. No, Awuzie. 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 Okay. Is this like <laughs> you have to do the hand <laughs> thing. It makes it easier. Awuzie. Is this like the Jack Doll scene in Louis C.K. where it's doll, doll, doll? No, he came out with a video on Colorado Buffalo's Twitter, like um, congratulating the recruits uh, for committing. Did? No, <laughs> Cheeto. Oh yeah, he did and say his name. And the way really. his, he said his name looks like we've all, like every single person, has been saying his name wrong. Well, that's what our, one of our friends that works for them said. She's like, it doesn't matter what you call him. Like Awuzie, he he says Awuzie is fine because everyone says his name wrong. Everyone. The way he said it, like, if you guys want to hear how his name is actually pronounced, go try and find that video on Colorado. Buffalo's on, or Joel, Twitter. Joel Klatt said, like, the best thing at the, uh, the signing luncheon where he's, like, talking about the guys on the last team. He's like, the leadership of Sefa Lufau, the great playmaking ability of Shea Fields, the dominance on defense by Cheeto Awuzi. And we just call him Cheeto because no one knows no, how to actually say, say his name. He just said Cheeto. Yeah, Cheeto. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like the... And he's like, because no one knows how to pronounce his name. That's true. Uh, but these are the guys invited to the NFL Draft Combine. Ryan, you mentioned that there might have been a snub. Who did you think was the snub? I think there's two. I mean, the number one to me is Josh Tupo, and we've talked enough about him today. He was the heart and soul of that defense to me. He got a large portion of the podcast. Yes, he did. But, <clears throat> you know, he deserved to be there. I think he's going to be a great pick. I wouldn't mind – uh, seeing the Broncos go after him. Now, on down the line, I think Jimmy Gilbert, too, could have deserved an that. invite there because I think he would have done really well in a situation like that because he's so damn athletic. And he would have nailed the Wonderlick because he's so smart. Yeah, and... I agree 100% with that. You know, who doesn't want to see a Jimmy in its underwear? Why? <laughs> 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 this podcast is so inappropriate. It's amazing. Awful. But uh, you're my boss. I'm going to report how bad the BSN Buffs <laughs> podcast was to you. You can take it from here. Okay. It's out of my hands. God. I got it. Can't be fired. <laughs> but honestly, those two guys I thought deserved a chance there. I know some people were saying that Cepho 
didn't deserve a chance. I, I, I don't understand why you would have that take. I think. You I know. mean, I know people have been interested in drafting Kenneth Olabode. There have been a lot of scouts interested in him since early on in the season. I was actually surprised to see that he wasn't going to be in draft uh, invited to that because uh, he has been involved with uh, some of the senior all-star games and just different, different things like that. And I know for a fact scouts have looked at him. Yeah, I don't think he's a draft guy. But I think Sefo falls into a category where these things aren't necessarily the best for him because he had so much success at the college level. They want to see him in these things that test kind of how – well you could do at the NFL level now there's a lot more that goes into it but Cepho doesn't do well in these things and I think it's going to end up actually hurting him potentially because you know you're you're not playing in a game and he's a gamer and that's what it comes down to is he's not a practice all-star he's not a guy who throws on the money every single day in practice it doesn't look good it doesn't look as good he doesn't look that great in shorts when he puts the pads on and he's able to run someone over and show his heart and take over a huddle that's when he yeah. shines so that's why teams want to see him in something like the Combine. You know who also didn't look great in shorts or at the Combine? That guy whose pants fell down? <laughs> him and also Tom Brady. True, but exactly. But obviously Sefo's not Tom Brady. But what I'm trying to say is that at, that, uh, at the Senior Bowl, Sefo did not throw a pass. In, in practice, we saw scouts say that he was by far the worst quarterback they had at practice. And but then when they scrimmaged, they said that Sefo was the best quarterback that they had on either roster. And they said he was the most physically gifted quarterback. Right. So you see that, and that's what we've been talking about for years here that covers people that cover CU, is he looks horrible in practice sometimes. But that's not who he is. Right. It's, I mean, it's kind of like the Tim Tebow factor. Um, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat in practice. He couldn't really do it in the game either, but somehow they won. Didn't we have that phrase wrong on the podcast recently? He couldn't hit water. He couldn't hit water with the, like he couldn't hit water with the with side water. of a barn door or something. I think you said so you messed it up. I did. I was the one. But who I just it did up. another water phrase, and I just want that to be counted on the board. You could say these water phrases are ubiquitous. <laughs> you could say that it's a fluid situation. I'm over this. <laughs> I'm over these phrases. Can you just and say puns? like H two no for us? No. You're so salty. <laughs> well, I think that's about to wrap up the BSN Buffs podcast. But first, I got to tell you about Life Flower Dispensary out there in Glendale. And you know what they use to water their plants? I assume it's water. <laughs> yeah. They probably use water. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> to water their plants. Life Flower Dispensary down in Glendale, just south of Denver, serves medical and recreational marijuana until midnight. They are a one-stop shop and have something for everyone, whether you're a smoker or prefer to use topical treatments for your severe pain. Life Flower carries a huge variety of edibles, infused sodas, concentrates, flowers, and they carry glass too. Check out their menu at weedmaps.com for specific strains and price details, or just show up to Life Flower off of Leedsdale. And before we leave, I just have to say one thing. Don't throw the baby out with the blath water. With the blath what? water? With the bath water. You said blath water. Damn it. What does that expression even mean? Well, if you must know, it's to discard something valuable along with other that? things that are inessential that. or undesirable. I want everyone to know that he felt the Ryan need to Google Ryan definitely Googled that. water phrases. No, I, I actually <laughs> giggled. I Googled. I can't talk anymore. I Googled throw the baby out with a bath water just to make sure I have the expression right. Are you sure? Because I always get expressions right. Okay, well, that's Ryan Koningsberg for y'all. He's never been wrong. Uh, never gets never, mad. Never been mad let, or wrong. Let him know every time he is mad or wrong on Twitter, please. At, at him, him, at Ryan Koningsberg. Never at me. Uh, <laughs> anytime you think Ryan's wrong, feel free to at me, at Chapalicious, or her, at Ali Monroy Definitely. 11 to let us know, to rub it in his face in person that he's actually wrong and mad. Uh, and follow or all of our you, content. Or if you agree that their puns are just absolutely ridiculous. No. At me. No. I need to know I'm not alone. I've already had people come up to me and be like, I agree with you, but at me. At There's sympathy Twitter. at. No, that's not true. Sympathy. No. <laughs> it's been the BSN Bus Podcast. We'll talk to you later. Want to give me uh, some audio checks? Check, check, check. BSN Buffs podcast. Uh, Alex Kelly re quote tweeted Matt's thing and goes, I don't know if I'll ever achieve any higher honor in life. I can die a happy man. Now. <laughs> I just saw that. That's hilarious. Yep. Yep.
funny, funny, funny.